Good evening and welcome to Geek Hard, right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome to Geek Hard, where he ain't heavy, he's my co-host. I'm your host, Andrew Young. With me, as always, is Mr. Green. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 indeed. Uh, I Some folks out there, last week when you were listening, a certain guest was unable to show up, as you may remember, our guest of the year, Humberly Gonzalez was not on the show. There was some issues that happened. They got worked out. We've pre-recorded an interview with Humberly, which we'll be playing on the show next week. So if anybody was sitting at home going, gee, I hope those geek hard guys figured that out. We did. Go us. That's it. We had a little party for us afterwards, too. That's right. That's right. I took the rest of the day off. That's what yeah. I did. Yeah. I brought streamers and those and those like things that you blow on. Yeah, it was good. A party horn? Not a party horn. The little the unflicky flicky. The I don't think the unflicky flicky is the name that. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's it makes a little. Zzz, yeah, yeah uh, it's it's referred to as a noisemaker. No, that's a different thing. You're it's talking good. about the thing that pops out and goes back in. It unflicks and flicks unf- back. Yeah. The unflicky flicky. All righty. Well, we hope you guys are celebrating tonight with your unflicky flickies, whatever that may mean to you. Uh, we got a great show for you tonight. Later on in the program, you're going to get to hear an interview that we pre-recorded with Supinda Ratch and Enrico Calatoni. Uh, about the new show Allegiance, which is airing on CBC and CBC Gem. You're going to hear all about that. We've also got a review coming your way of the new film, Lisa Frankenstein, now in theaters. You'll find out what myself and Mr. Green think of it. Of course, you can send in your emails on what you think of the movie or any questions you may have, or just to say hi at geekhardshow at gmail.com. We'll read your emails on the air as and- long Sorry, sorry. Just and remember, bonus points always for creative uh, rating systems. There we go. But also, if you write something that is extremely offensive, I'm not going to read that. There's a couple of people recently that tried to squeak by with some stuff. I didn't read that. So there you go. There you go, folks. Just a word to the wise. Uh, but of course, in just a few minutes, we'll be talking with our first guest this evening. Camille Sullivan, who has been in a number of TV shows over the years and independent films, a lot of horrors, a lot of thrillers, and uh, of course is one of the cast of Shorzy. We're going to be talking about Shorzy on the program with her tonight and a whole lot more. But right now we're going to take our first commercial break of the evening. When we come back, we'll be talking with Camille Sullivan right here on Geek Art on Reality Radio one on one. I won't drink Sambuca again. Hey, everybody. Jimmy the Short Order Cook here asking you what's better than listening to Geek Hard? Answer. Listen to Geek Hard while wearing a Geek Hard t-shirt. And there's a place you can get them at tpublic.com slash user slash Geek Hard. We got a bunch of great shirts there. We got Geek Hard shirts. We got a Mr. Green's Tasty Meat shirt. Hell, we got a Back Issue Bloodbath shirt. For all your geek needs with your geek merch, you want to go to tpublic.com slash user slash Geek Hard. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you. Welcome back to Geek Hard right here on Reality Radio 101. And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. 
Welcome back to Geek Yard. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here on a lovely Friday night. Uh, in just a moment, we'll be talking with Camille Sullivan from Shorzy. But before we do that, I just want to remind you folks that if you're like, man, I really enjoy listening to Geek Yard. I wish I could see some of the interviews they have with mine own eyes. Where there's a place where you can go to check out said interviews, and that is youtube.com slash show where we post a lot of the video from a number of the interviews you hear on the program. We also have various other videos, like our trips to conventions and things like that. But if you're like listening to an episode and be like, man, I really wish I could see that person talking right now. Well, give it a few weeks and then check out our channel and it might be up there for you to watch with your own eyes. We're going to get started into the program tonight with our first guest of the evening. She is an actor who uh, has been in a number of films and TV shows over the years, but she uh, has played Laura Moore for the first two seasons of Shorzy and will be returning for Shorzy season three when it hits our airwaves probably sometime in the latter part of this year. Welcome to the program, Camille Sullivan. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, of course, you know, seen you in a number of things over the years, done some great work. But it's something about your, your role on Shorzy as Laura Moore. Uh, there's just something about it, and I, I really feel it has to do with the chemistry, uh, you know, with um, Jared on camera. In fact, we've had a number of people from Shorzy on the show and Kalani Elizabeth Rose was like, she's like, my favorite scenes in the show are Jared and Camille. <laughs> she's the nicest person in the world, though, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I myself am not that nice, and I agree with her. So, yeah. <laughs> Good, okay. <laughs> but uh, it's just something about, I don't know, when it looks at season one, it's very much the you know, guy just, you know, flirting, kind of being a dog sort of thing. And of course, Laura, a seasoned reporter being like, no, I know this type of shit, whatever, bud. Okay. But then the beginning of episode two, season two, when Laura asked Shorzy, what do you really say about me? And he does that. You're smart, capable, rational, dependable, outgoing, kind, consistent. You're a leader. And then there's a look in your eyes at that moment when it's like, really? And he's like, you can quote me on that. That I was like, as a viewer, I'm like, okay, this is going to actually, they're actually going to become something now. They're going to go the next level. This is not just a dog trying to get into a woman's pants. This is, he's actually beginning to charm her. So this season, you guys have become like, such, they, they were such sweet, yet funny, yet sexy scenes. Yeah. How was it like putting that together? Uh, it was pretty fun and pretty different than what I usually get to do. So that was really exciting and fun for me. And it was, it's like you say, because I had to, at the, at the beginning of season one, there's no chance. There's no chance. No I'm chance. Not, never, never. And then he just wears me down. And then he's so genuinely sweet and charming in some of those moments that I think it sort of just like hits her in the face. Like, wait a minute, maybe, <laughs> you know, like maybe. Yeah. He could be okay, you know, and she's getting one over, and I don't know how it's going to go. I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> Given my whole heart here and now. <laughs> well, you know, I did, like Andrew was saying, it's like I really appreciated the uh, the development of the relationship because at first she is such a good foil to Shorzy, right? Like she's not putting up with his bullshit because yeah. Shorzy is Shorzy and, and she's just putting him in his place. And I can totally see why Shorzy would be attracted to, to that because who doesn't like a strong person, like a person who can, you know, go toe to toe with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so smart in the writing that he, he, Jared writes Laura as so strong and exactly can go toe to toe to him. Doesn't put up with any bullshit. At the same time, he puts the cues in there where it gives me the opportunity to fall for him, to, to see, you know, where the changes can be and make those changes seem organic, which seemed like sort of the, the trickiest part of season two was just like, how do I go from here to here? Well, I think when somebody says to you, I'd tongue kiss a toaster to vacuum your fucking car. 
Like that's love right there. You know? Well, it's pretty charming. <laughs> it's pretty hard not to be charmed. Yeah. Oh my God. We got an email in from a uh, longtime listener, Kelly T. Uh, I'll read the re- movie review part of your email later, but you're, uh, they start off by saying, Hey geeks, good guest choice tonight with Camille. Excellent and rookie blue. So there oh. we go. Oh, nice. Time fan. Shout out for a while ago, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Well, and and that brings up a a really great point. You've been, you know, working in the industry. You've worked on so many shows and, and, um, and had these opportunities to play so many different characters, right? Like it's, you're not like a lot of Canadian actors have this ability to be able to just be like, you're going to do a horror thing. You're going to do an action thing. You're going to do a cop thing, a drama thing, like a Christmas movie. It doesn't matter. You guys are out there and you're doing it. When, when you're looking at that breadth of work that you've gone through, like when you look at something like a Shorzy, which is, it's a little bit different because it is that type of like, I, I'm going to call it like the, the Jared Kiso style of comedy because it's, it's so heartfelt. Yeah. yeah. I like to call it the Jared and Jacob style of comedy. So, fair. I feel, yeah, that, right. I feel yeah. that Jacob fair. dirty. Fair. Is just involved. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, you know, like working in something like that compared to some of the other projects, you know, like what is the, the, for you, your experience on the set working with the team, you know, like what, what is that like compared to the, some of the other projects you work on? Um, well, it's a big, it is quite different for me than what I usually do. Cause I usually do heavy, heavy drama and that's sort of what I do. So I, I really credit Jared too. I've known him from for years and years and years. And so for him to come at me with this part, I was really grateful and really uh, happy to get the opportunity to do it. And on set, it's like, it's a blast. Everyone's really nice. It, they work but everyone knows their job. It's a machine probably because they did letter Kenny for so long. It's just, you go in there, it's like the fastest crew I've ever worked with. And it, but, but you don't lose any quality and you don't lose any fun. No one's ever stressed out either. Everyone's just like having a good time and still making all these pages in a day. It's unbelievable. And uh, they're just great too, which is letting me come in and do what I want to do. And, you know, they give me notes if I need them, but if I don't need them, they're just like, that's great. Go home. (laughs) (laughs) No. Are you you able sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say in season two though, I I, I'm hoping this changes in season three, but was it weird for you that in season two, 90% of your scenes were shot in a doorway or stoop? (laughs) Well, we did them all in one day. So that was a big day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it does change in season three. But no, I didn't mind that. I kind of liked the, um, I love the doorway scenes. They're so cute. It's like, I open the door and he's just working his way in and working his way in, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you can see the sense of like the guardedness, uh, uh, you know, that she has towards him. It's almost like, okay, I'm going to slam this door in your face, you know, if you don't yeah, say she's something. she's been hurt before, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's dated hockey players before, and it's been obviously terrible. And uh, but, you know, he's so persistent. And I think there's a line in uh, season one or something about that his persistence is so charming. And it really is. I mean, I wasn't even as an actor. I wasn't even prepared for it. <laughs> well, we, we've we talked about this with, you know, other cast members and, and me and Andrew have talked about this off air as well Is like it it's still shocking to think of Shorzy being. Uh, like as good a show as it is for a character while very funny and very cool from letter Kenny was a one note character. Yeah. yeah. It was just, and you never saw his face. We all knew who he was, but you never saw his face. It was a whole, and I was like, how are they going to do a show where you don't see his face? That was my, my little inside like joke to myself. Cause I was like, how are you going to do that? But of course, obviously we know it's going to, we're going to see him and that was great, but it still b- b- blows my mind that you've taken they've taken a character like that and blown out and then expanded the universe to include characters like yourself and, and, and Kalani and, and others so that it is not just this one note kind of series. Yeah. It's amazing that both things can exist. He can be that guy who's very abrasive and all those things that's fun and funny and we love. And then there's this very sweet part as well that comes out and seems just as natural for that character seems just as real and grounded and then i think you're able to have this i know amazingly well-rounded show that's fucking hilarious and crass as shit but then also very sweet very heartfelt yeah it's got it's got heart it's got tons of heart and like i was you know 
as uh, as it's said throughout the episode, it sets the fucking tone. It really does. The fucking tone. <laughs> we got an email in from Don S. Again, Don, I'll save your movie rating for when we review the movie. But uh, you start off by saying here, Camille is a brilliant actress. Everything that she did that I saw was brilliant. So there you go. Another fan out there. That's lovely. Thank you. Yes. Now, yeah. you mentioned that this is some the this role in Shorzy is very different from what you usually do. And you've done a lot of deep, heavy drama, but something you've done a lot more recently has been kind of the thrillers. You've yeah. done a lot of thriller parts and there's one particular thriller that uh, got a lot of good buzz off of its uh, festival appearances and is streaming in the U S now, but is coming to Canada probably at the end of this month. And that is exile. Yes, that's right. Exile. Okay, I actually have notes on this. Exile is going to have a very, very limited Canadian theatrical release next weekend. So if you're looking for like a, a Valentine's Day, not traditional Valentine's Day movie, yeah. then that's a great one. It's in Vancouver and Winnipeg Saturday, uh, February 17th and Sunday, February 18th. And I will be at the Vancouver screenings for the Q&A and Marshall Williams will be in the Winnipeg screenings for the Q&A. And uh, it's a great movie starring Adam Beach. It's a psychological thriller, lots of twists and turns, and uh, really weird romantic dynamic. <laughs> yeah, from what I've seen of the, the trailer and stuff, it's like, yeah, a man is in prison and he's getting out and his inmate is basically saying, if you go anywhere near your family or if you get invo involved with anybody, I'm going to kill them just to hurt you. And you play the, the wife, right? Yeah, I played the wife. And so the, the question is, for most of the movie is, was that threat real? Or is yeah. it imagined in his head? Is he going crazy? And I'm the wife who's like, no, you're not going to go move to the woods and abandon our family. I'm not. I'm just going to say no to that. I'm just going to yeah. change this. And you go like great to great lengths to try to get him back, to get him to <laughs> get him out of what you same. think he's in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, if you could have that fantasy where someone, you know, is suffering and you just go in and you just pull them out with sheer determination. That's kind of what happened. Now, did you approach that film like method wise? Were you guys in were you and Adam in deep, dark, emotional places while you were making this film? No, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Like, I mean, it, it's quite a, it, the movie gets very emotional, but we laughed a lot. He's That's a really cool. fun guy and fun to work with. And so, yeah, we just joked around all the time. You need you, to. Otherwise, oh. it's too, too depressing. Yeah, I was going to say, because, you know, like when you're dealing with you know, unlike in a comedy, a lot of you know people look at it and go, oh, well, serious stuff, it's going to be hard. And, you know, but, you know, obviously we've actors we've spoken to and it sounds like this is with you as well. in this experience is that you, you the laughs behind the scenes just to keep your own personal sanity. Is that like your one of your go to moves to kind of just like divorce yourself away from the characteristics that you're inhabiting at certain times? Yeah, it is. I don't like to, um, I don't like to carry the character with me when we're not, when the camera's not rolling because it's too hard for me, especially with a lot of parts I play. They're so heavy. They're so dark. And when the camera rolls, that's when I need the emotion to come. So I, if I'm holding it all day, I feel like the emotion is just draining out of me all day. And then when the camera rolls, there's not that punch left. So the laughing in between is, well, one, it's fun. It's a fun and ridiculous job. And you always have to remember that. And also it just keeps you loose and light and enjoying yourself. That's good. That's good. You want to, you want to stay loose and light. You want to be able to just give the emotion when you need to totally. Yeah. Now, another film that's come. Oh, and I also mentioned that uh, that was oh, so Vancouver. Sorry, may I have one more thing about Exile? Yeah. Also, sorry, it's uh, available for pre-order on Apple TV now, and it'll be right. available. Uh, it's having a VOD release on February twentieth. That was on. that was what I was going to get to because I knew about the <laughs> I knew about the VOD release. So there we go. Okay, fantastic. Okay. Now, another film that uh, you're in is actually going to be opening up the Cinequest Film Fest in San Jose. At the beginning, at March seventh, uh, the island between tides. Now that that one sounds like a pretty interesting premise. What's that all about? Uh, so that's a sort of based on a J.M. Barry play. J.M. Barry wrote uh, Peter Pan, and it's sort of based on a play called Mary Rose. And it's about um, my sister, played by Paloma Kwiatkowski, uh, who's a wonderful actress. She, when she's a child, she she wanders off onto an island. Uh, a tidal island and when she comes back when she emerges uh 25 years have passed 
And so then it's sort of about how did this happen and, you know, where it goes from there. It's kind of a supernatural thriller. It's, 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 I think it's quite good and I'm pretty excited for people to see it. Yeah, no, it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that, I I just imagining this idea of like you you go for a stroll or get lost or whatever, and then you come back and it's twenty like twenty five years later. It's like what, like yeah. that would be. Her, you know, I'm her sister, so for her family, it's like she comes up, she's like, "Hey," I'm like, "No, get out of here, <laughs> get out of here, you phony." <laughs> yeah, see, I'll admit that there are times that I feel like twenty five years has gone by in the blink of an eye, but. At least it's been that way for everybody else to be in a situation where it's yeah. just for you. That sucks. Yeah. She still looks great. And I'm looking at her like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, come on. Now you look great, too. Oh, thank you. Oh, my God. Now, uh, of course, uh, in the, the horror genre world, uh, another film that's going to be playing festivals later this year is Shelby Oaks. Yes. That also has the amazing, the most amazing voice in film, Keith David, in it. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah. Directed by Chris Stuckman, uh, who a lot of people are familiar with in his uh, feature debut. And uh, yeah, so Festival will release sometime later this year. I don't have any details on it, but uh, I'm really, really excited about that. We shot some amazing locations and the cast is brilliant. And I think it's going to be really scary. Yeah, it's like a woman's search for her sister that she believes that an imaginary demon is chasing them. Yeah, so there was, uh, if you look, if you go on Twitter or whatever, there's paranormal paranoids. And this is sort of a 90s thing where, uh, you know, they would get like a YouTube channel and they would go in search of the paranormal. And then she disappears as a course of filming this series. And then this is present day, I forget how many years later. Um, and I'm still searching for her cause she's just disappeared and it, yeah, sort of then it, I become obsessed with the search as I realize that the, the demon from her childhood may be involved. It gets real weird. <laughs> so I, I'm, I gotta ask like working with Keith David and hearing that voice, because every time I hear it, I'm just like, I, I perk up immediately. Cause I was like, Oh, it's Keith David. And he's like, he's got that chocolatey smooth, like sexy voice. That's just so deep. And like, when you work with actors like that, you know, like people that have a reputation, you know, and, and uh, do you ever f- kind of find yourself sometimes, you know, fanning out a little bit or like you just, every day you, you, you keep your head and go, no, I'm here to work. And this is this, or do you have that the kind of fan experience? Oh, I definitely have the fan experience. It's definitely pretty exciting. I mean, with Keith David, it was the last day. So I was so tired that <laughs> I wasn't nervous as I would have been. Although you could tell when he came on, everyone in the crew was just like, oh my God. Oh my God, Keith David is here and like just shaking. They were so excited and it was pretty, it was pretty spectacular. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, that's got to be pretty awesome, definitely. But of course, it's also got to be pretty awesome to, even when it's cold, to go up for a few weeks to Sudbury and uh, <laughs> make a fun show about hockey. Um, so in the third season, I know you cannot give anything away on that, but are we going to see? more of an evolution of this Shorzy Laura relationship? Uh, I think there's always an evolution for sure. Um, but I don't know really what I can say without giving anything away. I mean, it'll be great as you imagine it's going right. to be, you're not going to be disappointed. Uh, but yeah, I'm so scared to say anything. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Totally, totally fair. I, do you know, can you say when you're filming or have you already, well, they already filmed not season three? Oh, sorry. Shot that in November, December. Remember when we talked to the uh, rest of the cast? They were going yeah, off. To I don't know it. when it comes out, but yeah, see, it's shot. See, I, I'm sorry. This Andrew knows this. You don't know this, Camille, but like my brain is like Swiss cheese sometimes, and yeah. then uh, occasionally pieces fall into place. We, we, and I re- we say he's 45 percent goldfish. That's what <laughs> no, <it is>. yeah. <laughs> that's fair. I, I yeah, no, I completely blanked on that. So that's yeah. So you were in the oh man, that would have been a brute because it was pretty cold like early uh, on. yeah it was cold and i had some time off but they have this amazing uh big cineplex there oh yeah empty every day and so i just go see movies every day oh there you go nice. that's that's pretty good <laughs> did you, okay I, I gotta i then i'll ask you this camille did you see anything that you that you that you loved but you know that it was trash Oh, but I know that it was trash. I watch stuff like that all the time. (laughs) 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 Almost exclusively what I watch, really. (laughs) 
no, I, 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 I'm always curious about this now, like where I, I've kind of gotten this, this, uh, this trend where I'm just kind of like, I'm curious about what the things that people like to watch. Cause like, I'll admit to you, like there's a movie from the eighties that I love. Andrew knows about this, that uh, little sci-fi film called solar babies that I love. I know it's hot garbage, but I, for some reason, I just love this movie. <laughs> I can't help myself, but that's why I was just curious. Did you see anything while you were uh, up there? I don't know. When I was there, I saw, not this time, but the time before, I saw Renfrew, and I loved it. And I love Nicolas Cage, and I thought it was great. And I oh, hear Renfield. Okay. They didn't like, Renfield, that's the one. Yeah. Sorry. That's a terrible mistake. But, um, uh, yeah, but I loved it. I thought it was great. Nice. Well, Mr. Green shares your opinion on that. I remember him giving that a good review on this. Oh, show. yeah. I, I really <laughs> liked Renfield a lot, yeah. There you go. Well, Camille, I want to thank you for coming on the program tonight. It's been awesome talking with you. I look forward to when Exile gets released here in Canada. And, of course, our American listeners, you can go check it out right now. It's uh, streaming in the U.S., so just search your services and you'll find it. Um, and, of course, all the other films you got coming out and the next season of Shorzy. Can't wait for all of that. Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. No problem. Have right. yourself a great night. Thanks, you too. Bye. Bye, Camille. So that was Camille Sullivan. Uh, you can see her upcoming in Shorzy Season 3, but you can also see her in Shorzy Seasons 1 and 2 right now, available on Crave in Canada and Hulu in the States. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll be giving our review of the movie Lisa Frankenstein, which hit theaters today. It's all happening right here. Geek Hard on Reality Radio 101. March 23rd, 1952. Chicago versus NY, down 6-2. Four goals behind, just a few minutes left. But the pony line right winger wasn't finished yet. yet. Remember when you used to go to the comic shop and browse through the stacks, picking up comic after comic, talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy. What kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about? I don't go outside. Well, thank goodness for Back Issue Bloodbath with Andrew Young and Petula Neal. Well, we talk about comics old and new. Mostly old. But sometimes new. Every Wednesday, new episodes drop at geekartshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good. Welcome back to Geek Card right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, ladies and gentlemen, right back to your hosts of Geek Card, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card. In the uh, commercial break, we were talking hair issues, which is funny because, uh, well, it's, between the two of us, there's not like a lot of hair um, in certain places. Uh, but anyways, we're going to get into our review of Lisa Frankenstein in just a second. But first, going to read some of your email reviews. Of course, Kelly T. wrote in earlier and said, no, reading, no rating on that piece of shit movie or whatever they call it. I could only watch 15 minutes of it, and I'm surprised I lasted that long. I would rather watch a Taylor Swift concert. Okay. Okay. So we now, know, early. we now know that Kelly T. is not a Swifty. All right. Uh, Don S of course earlier said, uh, now my rating puke. Did I win a prize for the new rating system? Mr. Green. <laughs> well, I, I will say for 2024, you do have the most creative uh, rating system currently. Well, no, there was negative 37 last week. Right. But like, that's a numbering system, yeah, right? That's so, like, true. That's true. You know, ranking it as puke. That's a, that's we'd that like is to know your graph and like what's the other things on the rating system like is it puke, excrement, dirt? Like is, yeah, like is puke good? Is, like what's the good thing? Yeah. yeah, but also is puke the worst or is yeah. there like uh, something below puke? So there we go. Food for thought, Don, on yeah. your uh, on your rating system. Uh, Chris M writes in, "Hey, Geek Show, you have to be kidding, right? A review of this piece of shit, Lisa, whatever. It totally sucked." Where do they find 
this no name, these no name loser actors. Okay. But some real people, I, they're, okay. You're going to have to work a little bit on your diction here, but some real people, I, there that know how to act and you may get a rating of a three. So I guess he's saying, put some actors in that know how to act and you might get a rating of a three. The plot line is weak, but Hey, it's just my opinion. Hey to the old man. Hey, how's it going? I didn't even know he was here. I'm always here. Yeah, he sneaks in on us. There you go. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so who we got next? We got Steve E. Steve E. writes in, my take on Lisa Frankenstein. He does a bunch of growl links, which is, of course, all the symbols, you know, like at symbol, percentage, and then just writes, shit, with five exclamation points. There we go. There we go. Now we get to Alexander K., one of the worst, terrible, a crappy, a crappy, a negative 37. Oh, All right. Yeah, there you go. We're back again. <laughs> back again. Negative 37 is becoming the secret uh, number here on the show. <laughs> okay. So Howard N. writes in, the title of the email is my new rating system for Lisa Frankenstein. Hey, geeks. I was wondering what happened to your guest last week. Thanks for sharing. Sh- Shorzy Rocks, A1. My new rating system, take a pick. Horrible, sucks, shitty, lame, dead, crappy, don't quit your day job. So I'm guessing those are all the same level on the on the rating system. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you, everybody, for your emails. Now we're going to get into our review of Lisa Frankenstein, directed by Zelda Williams, written by Diablo Cody, produced by MXN Entertainment, and distributed by Focus Features. Here to read the synopsis is the man you just heard a moment ago, the old man. Here's going. Good, bud. You? Pretty good, pretty good. You know, I, I thought this was about my my friend Mary's book, but it's not. So, well, but it's, you know, like it's a couple of things that are the same, but I thought it was going to be a direct thing. It's like, oh, it's like a, a you know, like his daughter or something like that. But no. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So, yeah, no, it's not that. Not that at Ma- all. Mary, I still love you. Uh, a coming of rage love story about a teenager and her crush who happens to be a corpse after a set of horrific circumstances bring him back to life the two embark on a journey to find love happiness and a few missing body parts there you go i look forward to your review gentlemen and he walks away okay all right that was very right, uh... so green let's hear it. your thoughts lisa frankenstein go Oh man. Um, I didn't hate it as much as everybody else that's written in so far. I definitely didn't hate it that much. Um, did I love it? No, it's flawed. Um, but I get Diablo Cody is kind of hit and miss with me with, uh, what she's done. And, uh, I, I was hoping for more out of Zelda Williams, like like that this would be a better showing because, you know, I, I would like because this is her first uh, directorial debut. And I, I was you for know, a feature. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just hoping that uh, something would come out of that. Um, and uh, but I don't know about you. I'm assuming you you're in the same boat as me. Like as I was watching this, the thing that I kept noticing is, is that it felt like a bunch of scenes put together to make a movie, which I know is what all movies are, but you know, but it felt like they were you're talking about a bunch of disjointed random scenes. Yes, totally. Like they were all the the same characters, all of the same universe. It was as if there was sections of the film missing. Yeah. This is the the exact same. This is a similar problem to what we had with last week's Argyle is that it feels very much like Diablo Cody sat down and wrote a script and went, wouldn't it be cool if this happened? And this happened, and that happened, and this happened. Yeah. And actually think about a story that connects them together, just puts them in a line. Yeah, because the like I was interested in this idea of this, you know, because this reminded me kind of like those eighties like sci-fi horror like horror films that were comedies, you know, like a like a weird science kind of thing, you know, like where it's it's just a little bit goofy and we're gonna have some fun. And that's what I was kind of hoping to get out of this. But there's like a there's that just jointedness of it that whereas like those like those classics you know there's like a 
a, a much more coherent through line. Like, whereas you like the scenes built upon each other and got to a place, whereas here there was some stuff. And then there was, of course, there's some, there are some sp- very specific scenes that are reminiscent of Tim Burton in not only the way that they were kind of staged and their weird flamboyantness. Uh, so there was like a clash of styles. There's a lot of things going on. And I like, unlike a lot of our right uh, people who wrote in the listeners who wrote in, I, some elements I was enjoying and I laughed a couple of times, but not enough to consistently go throughout this entire movie. Yeah. That's, that was the, the big, the, the, the big problem that I was having, you know, throughout is that was that, that lack of a cohesiveness. Yeah. The film starts off not very inviting. The middle of the film gets kind of okay. And then the end of the film kind of undoes any goodwill it gets in the middle of the film just by being like, it's like it's several different movies put together. Like you talked about just a bunch of scenes put together. I'm surprised a film that is so, not following proper storytelling lines could still be so predictable. Right. Yeah. That's the problem for me. And then also I've tried, I've tried with Cole Sprouse. I just can't, I don't, I don't get him. I don't get Cole Sprouse. I don't get the appeal of Cole Sprouse. I don't think he's that good. Which is hilarious for a role in which he does not talk until the last moment. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. His performance in this, even though it's all it's all nonverbal, is non-good as well. Uh, we got an yeah. email in from Ken N who says, listening to my favorite geek show, Mr. Green is right on with his review. I concur with everything that he says. The movie did suck. Bad plot, bad acting. Good review, Green. I Ken has a habit of this. He writes it and says, I agree with Mr. Green. And just kind of just picks words that you say and says that that's what he's saying. Does it like takes your broad interview and makes it very much like, yes, no, he hated everything sucked. I agree. <laughs> Good work, Ken. Thank you for your email. Hey, Ken, Ken's entitled to his opinion no, too. No, no, no. No, Ken's, I'm just, it's funny is that no, I feel like no matter what you've said, he always starts by saying, I agree with Mr. Green. It does suck. <laughs> well, Ken, I've got a, I got a fan in Ken and Ken, I'm yeah. a fan of you. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we're all yeah. a fan of you, Ken. I enjoy your consistency as an emailer. Um, but uh, yeah, are you saying people should uh, check this film out in theaters, uh, wait for rental streaming, or skip it altogether? Um, I, I'm going to go with uh, skip unless you're just like a diehard uh, uh, Diablo, uh, Diablo, Diablo Cody, Cody fan. I'm saying if you're a diehard Diablo Cody fan, go watch Juno or Whip It again. Those are much more fun. Oh, whip it, whip it, y'all. Whip it's so good. Yeah, there we go. We're going to yeah. take a commercial break. When we come back, you're going to get to hear our interview with Supinda Ratch and Enrico Colantoni about Allegiance right here. Geek Hard, Reality Radio 101. Want to advertise on Geekard and be heard by thousands of listeners? It's easy. It's simple. It's fun. Email us at geekardshow at gmail.com for information on our advertising packages today. Welcome back to Gay Card right here on Reality Radio 101. And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Gay Card, Andrew Young and Mr. Green here. We just got an uh, email in from Ron M. titled Ever. And I feel like it's a question for you, Mr. Green. Oh, okay. Hello to the geeks. Are we ever going to see what this Froggy Award looks like? What the fuck? We want to know. You had a job back in 2011, which still has not come to fruition, on the design of said Froggy Award. 
Well, it's gone through, as you know, several iterations. There have been actual physical versions of the we did, award. We did that once. We did, yes, we yeah. actually did, because the, the people who were winning were actually coming to Toronto, so we decided to make them. They were just a very simple, like, gold plaque. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I glass. mean, glass plaque. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we there, there was uh, plans and schemes of uh, several degrees of machinations that were underway that didn't come to uh, fruition. And that's where it sits right now. So, but yes, you know, honestly, it is something that I is still on my plate that I would love to be able to do so that we could actually do it one time. There we go. So that's the closest we have is for an answer right now, Ron. Stay tuned. But now we're going to get into our last interview of the evening. We had a chance last week or so to talk with two actors, one who's been on the program before and one who uh, we've watched a lot of things with, but have never had the chance to talk with before. We talked with Supinder Ratch and Enrico Colantoni. Of course, in my mind, he will always be Keith Mars from Veronica Mars. But uh, the two of them star in a new uh, police procedural that deals with um, kind of more like the uh, how not everything legal is fair uh, in the world type of show called Allegiance, which is currently playing on Wednesdays on CBC and is streaming on CBC Gem. Let's take a listen to that interview right now. Welcome back to the program, Supender Ratch, and welcome to the program, Enrico Calatoni. It's great to have you both with us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. By the time people are hearing this, a few episodes of Allegiance will have aired, but for people who haven't had a chance to check it out yet, Tell them what it's all about. So Allegiance is a, it's a police procedural. It's about a rookie police officer named Sabrina Sohol. And she's about to start her career as a police officer, sort of in the footsteps of her father who carries this legacy. He worked as a police officer turned politician. And the day before her first day of work, he's charged with treason. And so she goes to work instead of in his light, in his shadow. And she has in mind this direction of this career she wants and who she wants as a training officer. And instead, she's stuck with this guy, Vince. But little does she know, it's he's not what she wanted, but he's exactly what she needed. That's so funny. I love that you were you used stuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a very leading word. Listen, stuck. not yeah. not not my feelings, but Sabrina's <laughs> certainly. Oh, nice save. Nice save. There we go. There. Nice. <laughs> Twin Rico, you, your character of course is uh not a rookie. Um, no. And you're the you're the training officer uh, of Sapinder's character. As the show says, you're on your last days as it were uh, as a cop. Yep, he's uh, three months to retiring, and he gets stuck with this new rookie. <laughs> <laughs> Vince's words, not Rico's. Had the- yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and he infuses, or she rather, I'm sorry, she infuses new life into him. It re-inspires him to stick around and really love what she brings love her perspective love her loves her wide-eyed approach to things and her heart she's absolutely leads with her heart and her ability to connect with people so inspiring to him that he not only learns from it he just wants to you know really be much more invested in her understanding of the system that we work in you know so he wants to protect her he ends up being very much a father figure to her yeah, of course. And yeah, the two of you guys were going to see over time how these two characters, you know, lean on one another and grow more and learn from one another. But the two of you, it sounds like from what I've heard from other interviews, the two of you, it's like if you guys weren't on set together, it felt like that there was something missing. You guys became like the dynamic duo. Yeah, it was harder. It was harder <laughs> to be on set. We kind of just got into this rhythm of like – you know, the, the days were long and if Rico was there, we just it was just more fun. A lot of the work is not the work. I think that a lot of what people don't tell you is a lot of the work is, you know, that genuine sort of chemistry and getting along with somebody in the in between. Like some of the work is the stuff that happens in between the takes because it's it's right. what sets you up and leads you into the, the next take. And Rico and I genuinely found a lot of stuff to do that we liked in between. <laughs> 
the takes mm-hmm. and it was almost like when they yelled action we're like man we gotta go again like <laughs> we're talking here leave us <laughs> alone. I'm sorry we're having a conversation we're having a conversation here we're playing connection leave us alone yeah yeah so we you felt they should have better it. scheduled their schedule around what you guys were doing on the day yeah, right? yeah they really didn't take into consideration our conversation time no so. no no or or the amount of time that Supinder was there you know every day I think maybe you had one day off the whole time and maybe I counted like, you know, 10 days off. So we bonded over our, our misery near the end, but it was always in fun. And we, yeah. You know, but yeah, no, sincerely, I, I miss her to the, I miss her in my life. I miss you in my life, Soups. I can come like, over. I can't do connections without you. I know I can't do it either. I can't do it either. <laughs> just outed us. <laughs> just outed us. Manu's not going to like, oh, fuck. I'm upset. <laughs> Manu, we're kidding. We're kidding. We were never playing connections. We never played connections. (laughs) Word will get out. (laughs) It will eventually. Yeah. Hey, hey, that's what. What what else are you gonna do, right? Like, like you said, like in between takes, you gotta do something. You gotta keep yourselves occupied. You know, it's like so that would work. Some other people would do their work. (laughs) Yeah. 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 We'd look at each other. Do you know what's going on? I don't know. Yeah, what's do you know what's happening in the scene? Yeah, what's right, going on? Okay. Yeah. The driving scenes were the best. The driving scenes were the most fun because that's kind of when they, you know, other than our two camera guys in the back, Ian and Craig, they left us. They, yeah, they weren't even in the back and it was just us <laughs> driving around town being like, did they yell action? Should we, <laughs> should we act? Oh, my God. That, that car just cut me off. Should I put the cherries on and pull her over? Because yeah. <laughs> the cars we were driving looked so real. They looked really if it wasn't, real. If it wasn't for the convoy that was following us and this big sort of crane car with a camera that kept dollying around us and in front of us, if not for that, we would have fit right in with the rest of the RCMP. We, uh, we didn't look that far. Yeah, different. <laughs> We didn't look that different from them. Um, that I could fall asleep. I think I just. He <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dozing off there a bit. Yeah. Well, Narcolepsy is kicking in. So, like, with, with that in mind, like, I got to imagine there there must have been at least a couple moments where you were thinking about, "Hey, I want to pull this guy over because that guy's driving like an asshole." Oh, tell him. So we got, we, yeah, we got, we got <laughs> cut off. We got cut off a fair bit because I don't think anybody could really tell who was the cop car and who was the camera car as this sort of caravan was was going down the street. Two things. One, the guys that ran the camera car, I, I thought it was hilarious because they kept telling Rico that he was a really good actor, but they'd only <laughs> drive. Because I never hit the camera. That made me a good actor. Because <laughs> he never hit the camera. And then, sorry, what was the question? See, this is what happened. Sorry, what was the what was the direction that we needed to go? Yeah. What's oh, my God. Speedo? Oh, and then... Uh, what about the fun of like having to go what seemed like 80 kilometers an hour, but we oh couldn't God, go yeah. and we were actually kilometers an hour. And we got really good at acting like this. <laughs> <laughs> and white knuckling, white knuckling is like, uh, <laughs> but meanwhile, yeah. people are walking by us. We're going so slow. Also, oh, you and I had this like, w- and, and guys, feel free to cut us off because we will go. <laughs> <laughs> we also had this thing that would happen sometimes where we would do a scene, and one of us would say, oh, "We got to pull it back," or you were like, "We got to pull it back" because that's not Vincent Sabrina. They don't they don't know each other that well. Because we would right. we would do a scene that was pretty much like we had known each other for years, and be like, "Ah, oh, they they can't they can't use that because like that's our relationship, not their relationship." But. So, so much a part of those first two episodes when we were just like so giddy. Every director's note was, uh, okay, now pull it back. Now pull it back. Pull it back. It's so fascinating listening to you talk about the fun and the, you know, the jokes and, you know, and have all these things that, you know, and this great connection between the, but the show itself is so diametrically opposed to what you guys have just told us about. Cause you know, yeah, the subject matter is show, yeah. very dark and, you know, like, uh, your character's family's going through hell at this point yeah. and there's even like this giant potential conspiracy thing going on that you know is is part of all of this too right there's, there's a lot of things so it's not all just jokes and laughs not only did we laugh all the time there were maybe a handful of takes where we weren't crying on every take and we'd look at each other and go we'd make the worst cops ever Real cops don't cry this much. We were just so moved by the storylines and what's going on. 
that is just like she was she was looking good. You can't you just cried through that whole take. They're not yeah, they're like, they can't use this. <laughs> we, are the, we, are the, we are the worst cops in the world. But mm. I will I will add because we did have real officers on set, both RCMP officers and and Surrey police interchangeably. And you know what? The interesting thing was we went to them and we said, you know, you guys are probably way better cops than we are because we cry all the time. We cry at least like, you know, we choose whatever scenes per episode, but we cry a lot. And the interesting thing was that what came back at us is especially the ones that had been doing it for a while. They said, no, we cry. And in fact, we cry a, a fair bit. And what's really nice about that industry in particular is that mental health and the the burden that, you know, that force carries is starting to be recognized. And there are tools and teachings in place that are being utilized a bit more and more. And it's less of a stigma around, you know, that sort of tough cop persona, which is, I think, also interesting in terms of what Sabrina brings to the force. You know, there's a real sensitivity to her character and a, and a listening that doesn't always happen in the legal space. Yeah. And one of the things that Anar Ali, who created the series, wanted to explore was, you know, what's legal isn't always what's fair. And I think that the show doesn't does a nice balance of of sharing both sides of that story. Yeah, no, when you watch the show, it's like this is the type of cop show that needs to be out there because gone are the days of the good guys catching bad guys. It's like you can't really tell that story anymore because as a society, we need to grow and understand that there's layers and these layers are really explored in this. And like you talk about your character, Sabrina, it's she kind of has to enter every situation very measured. She has to measure what she's doing, what she's saying. And like you guys are covering things like restorative justice and harm reduction. There's a lot of like good stuff happening. And Rico, I heard you talk about the show in the sense that it's akin to science fiction of like, it's like, we're not there yet, but we're getting there. And this is what we want to be. I think so. I think most police shows tend to be more science fiction than based in reality. You just ask any cop who's watching a police show, but what we do and what I think what we pride ourselves mostly is exactly what you're saying. We're aspiring to something better. We want this show to be an example of what we could be, what policing could look like. And even though we're not there yet, we're talking about it. It's relevant. And I know we'll get there eventually. Uh, totally. And Supinder, this character, of course, it's this must be like a dream character because not only of like the great message of it, but like also you get to have like deep emotional stuff to work with. Like these like this is some great building blocks for a character. Yeah, I think that, you know, what's really nice for me in, in terms of, you know, a lot of my career, I've played supporting characters is to get to be in the center of my own story which is a really nice place as an artist to to be able to explore all those sides in terms of, you know, Sabrina's aspirations, but then also this thing that's happening with her father. And I think that the, the title is really aptly named in terms of allegiance, you know, what, what is her allegiance to this organization that she's taken an oath to as well as to her father, to the, to the country, and then to this other country, which is her home country that, you know, to a certain extent she identifies with, but she really identifies as being Canadian. And so, yeah, there's a lot to, to play around with. And the other interesting thing was to have the ability to be able to play every episode. So much of my career has been, okay, you're coming in for a couple of days and then it's over. And to be able to practice that instrument over four months of work to say, okay, I didn't get it in the last episode, but maybe I'll figure it out this time around. And just being able to exercise that skill set, it's so valuable. And working with somebody like Rico too, you know, he's done this for years. <laughs> so, um, but it's a very but, measured answer there. That was good. <laughs> really? but, Oops. You're not calling me old. I'm not. I'm not calling you old. I'm calling you practiced. And so <laughs> Rico's very well practiced, and it was so lovely to, you know, to dive in every episode and say, "Okay, you know, let's try, let's try it again. Let's see, let's see where we can go." And, and that's an opportunity I haven't had before. So that was wonderfully welcome. Yeah, you know, uh, Enrico, it's from what Sapinder's saying. I was, I was going to ask you about this, but it, it it sounds like from what you guys have already been kind of bantering back and forth that. It almost seems like it's uh, replicating in your real lives that, you know, she kind of like 
gave you a little bit of uh, wind under your wings, as it were, kind of like your character, right? Like it's just kind of reinvigorating yourself. Cause you know, Rico had enough wind under his wings. Rico was flying all on his own. He did not need me. I've never worked with a more effervescent human being in my life. She is magnificent. She's got the stamina of an Olympian and she is so good at what she does. And then on top of it, her awareness of the whole world that we're working in. Soups, I, maybe I don't say it enough, but you- You, just, you say it pretty often. Really, really. And it, it, and of course, it always starts at the top, right? It always starts with the star. She or he sets the tone. If they're pricks, everybody else feels it. If they're wonderful and buoyant and happy to be there, then it just infuses everybody else. And that's exactly what she did. And that's how from day one to the last day. And you know what? She did get tired near the end, but I was the only one who knew that. Well, I'll also add that we, you know, we were shooting at a very strange time to be shooting and, you know, lucky enough to be on a, on a Canadian series because especially out in Vancouver, you know, the strike was going on and a lot of people were out of work. And so the people that were working, on this, you know, little Canadian series that could, I think that there was uh, a gratitude that we all had at that time, you know, knowing what our peers were were going through and struggling towards and fighting for to be able to work. And so I think that that atmosphere on set was we were all really supportive of one another and took care of each other because we understood, you know, how how delicate this thing is that we get to do. It's like a who's who of Canadian actors Amazing as I was watching the cast, show. Yeah. And I was like, I'm, I'm like, yep, seen him, seen him, seen her. Yeah. Yep. All, Amazing. Everybody every, and over decades too. Like there's a lot of, you know, like great character actors doing great work in this show, but that's got to be something that's uh, difficult for everybody to work with is, you know, cause it is so many people. It's a huge cast. It's not like a, you know, two, three people are the main, main stars. And then, but you've got like a huge supporting cast here, you know, to help kind of alleviate some of that pressure. Right. I think what Supinder and I did in tandem was make sure everybody was welcome. And every actor who came to play felt like they could play because that's what we were about. So we all had the best time. I don't think anyone felt alienated. Everyone felt like they were doing great work because they were allowed to do their jobs. No one was micromanaging anybody. The directors were fantastic. They hired extraordinarily talented actors and they let them play. And so many people forget that, that it's that simple, you know, and uh, they didn't. They didn't on this show. They let everybody play to their ability, to their strength. Now, Rico, of course, as mentioned by Supinder, you are well practiced in your career. You know, you've done some you're doing some great work here. You did great work on Flashpoint, did great work on Veronica Mars, one of my personal favorites. You did great work on Just Shoot Me. You've done tons of movie and TV but I want to ask you, have you ever recaptured the magic of playing John Belushi on A Current Affair? <laughs> oh, I could smell that coming. Oh, that's that's funny. Never, never. Because I literally, that was the first time I ever fell asleep on camera. So I'll never forget that. <laughs> literally fell asleep on camera. They had to wake me up because I had to play dead, right? <laughs> I started snoring. They had to wake me up. <laughs> they don't snore. So, well, they definitely don't snore. No. Didn't they shoot you from like an angle from the chin? Yes, they did. There was only one lighting setup and one angle they could get me that I remotely looked like John Belushi. That's right. So there Sad. you go. There we go. So if you get the right shot of your chin, it's like, oh my God, John <laughs> Belushi's alive. That's me. I had to. <laughs> John Belushi was, but you know, whatever. I'm kidding. She I don't would... deny it. I, I, I'm, I, I don't deny it. Uh, you, you and your son, you, you are an education for me, Rico. Something <laughs> every day, <laughs> and I'm grateful for it. She says half mockingly. Oh man! Well, I want to thank you both for talking with us today. Of course, Allegiance airs on uh, Wednesday nights on CBC and uh, is available through CBC Gem. Really looking forward to the rest of the season. Can't wait to see what you guys got going. And thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you, James. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, James. So that was our interview with Enrico and Supinder. As said, you can check out Allegiance on CBC and CBC Gem. Before we go quickly, we got another email in from Carl S. Who says, hey to the geeks, Mr. Green, get a 3D printer to design and make the Froggy Award. <laughs> I love listening to you guys every week. Well, thank you, Carl, for listening to us every week. And someday, someday, 
we'll get a Fergie uh, award made. It'll I would love a 3D printer. Yes. So if you guys want to pool together and get Mr. Green a 3D printer, we'll make this happen. Uh, Green, we come to the end of the show. Where can the good folks find us? As always, if you like what we do here, you can find more content over at patreon.com slash geekard. For everyone who participates in that right now, we thank you guys ever so much. Thanks. Additional bonus content is always available through YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Just search Geekard Show on any of those platforms and you will find us there. Of course, check out our website, geekardshow.com, for more news, reviews, and the podcast version of this very show available on Mondays after 2 p.m. But if you're super forgetful or you didn't listen live, you know, the best thing you could do is what, Andrew? Subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice, be it the iTunes uh, all the other places where you can find it and leave a five-star rating and review. Absolutely. And as always, if you wish to continue the conversation with us, you can email us geekhardshow at gmail.com. I want to thank Supinder Ratch, Enrico Calatoni, and Camille Sullivan for coming on the program. For Mr. Green and for Yuri all the way back there in the booth, this is Andrew Young saying, if you're going to geek out, you might as well geek hard on Reality Radio 101. Laugh, look back in peace. What happened to these peeps you used to see? They'll say they knew the you you used to be. But Thank you for listening to Geek Hard with your host Andrew Young and Mr. Green right here on Reality Radio 101.